Welcome Spartans to Mission Debrief. We're playing every mission of the mainline Halo video game series in chronological order, discussing our experiences and lulling you to sleep with a bedtime story of lore along the way. If you'd like <sighs> to play, play along and have your thoughts read on the show, email us, podcastevolved at gmail.com, or drop us a tweet at podcastevolved on Twitter. If you like what you hear and want to support the show, visit Evolved on Patreon. For everything Evolved has to offer, visit evolvedhalo.com. This episode, we're debriefing the House of Reckoning mission from Halo Infinite. I'm your host, Colin Perkins, alongside David Arnold. Hello, everybody. I'm back. He's back. And Krista Brown. Will he finally stop talking if he's dead? He may. Mr. No, Asma? because he leaves his audio logs all over the place. <laughs> no, all the pre-recorded messages everywhere. There's no right. escape. Uh, Matt filled in for the road, which we uh, are very thankful for. Um, while we kept this train running, we got a couple episodes left to wrap this baby up before we finally get some DLC in what year? Who knows? <laughs> like 2025. Sometime there will be more <laughs> Halo Infinite. But the road is coming to an end. Speaking of the road, that was our last mission. Master Chief John 117 theme songed his way down towards house, the House of Reckoning in true Spartan style, blasting his way through countless Banish in Wraith, Ghost, Warthog, or Scorpion, or and Scorpion, all of the above. Our hero reached the doorstep of what is shaping up to be an epic showdown. Now, in the House of Reckoning, Eshram has set up a number of combat trials that Master Chief must overcome alongside more chest-beating monologues to endure before he can attempt to save Echo 216. Jega fails to stop John in a 1v1, which paves the way for the epic showdown between the two legendary heroes. Date of the game is May 28th, 2560. So we rolled up into this place. Matt and I actually talked about a little bit of the structure itself, and it, it's ominous. But it also just doesn't really look like anything. Um, do, you, do you do you guys recall what this thing looks like? The House of Reckoning, the black, tall, the black rectangle, kind of reddish thing, and it's, it's got, like it's kind of in the middle of a valley, and it's got these arms sticking out. I thought it looked cool. It's kind of weirdly shaped, like kind of pyramidy, but not square pyramid. Yeah, I mean, it's we almost we, we were talking about how. I mean, I would love to have, like, a Eshram's face on the front of it. <laughs> like, this <laughs> is where Eshram lives in the House of Reckoning. Um, you know, I, I think it's fine. But it could have been a little more ominous, I feel like. I mean, it was it's looming, but at the same time, it's not like... Like, one of the things we talked about at the very end is, you know, you roll up in your scorpion or whatever, and you, you're just let in the door. And I think that's on purpose, right? Like, Eshram wants you to come yes, in at this point. Yes, that was... But it would have been fun to at least see some cannons or something attached to the side of the building. Something to make it seem like it's a little bit more protected than what it, than what it was. Well, it was kind of cool that it was like a challenge. And it was like, all right, come on in. Yeah. We're ready. And then the mission itself here, it's kind of like a... I'm going to call it a Halo sandwich. <laughs> it's, it's like a dungeon crawler. It's like... I mean, because the building is tall, and you are going up in the building, and you start with a monologue, which is maybe like some sauce, and then you have some combat, which is some meat, and then you go 
and you go have a monologue again, and then you go up, <laughs> and then there's another monologue and another combat, and just kind of layers on top of each other. Um, this this Halo banished sandwich, I'll call it. But you know, I, I mean, I enjoy it for the most part. So we'll, we'll we'll skim through, I guess, the opening two combat areas. Um, you know, they are they're interesting enough. I think walking into this initial area, you have um, Eshiram talking to you like he always does, um, and he is. Let's see here. What does he say first? He says, "I thought perhaps that I misjudged you, that you would allow your cohort to die for the greater good." I pity you that I was correct. And now he's like deeply sick. Now that asthma is really kicking in. (laughs) Get some albuterol, guy. (laughs) The House of Reckoning. Such an appropriate name. Many of your kind have entered this arena. None have left. Come, look upon my work. Understand why we won. So I do think... I love that. That's so cool. Yeah, and the last sentence I think is good. I'm a little mixed on the beginning. Yeah, that is pretty cool. But he's more or less saying that this is this is a training area for the banished. They they throw, um, you know, captured soldiers of the UNSC in here just to have some fun with them, just to fuck with them, right? So that's why they have all these this gear and all these weapons and everything else. Um, and now it's Chief's turn to to go through. I love it. I think it's really cool. It's cool. It's a great reveal. It's a cool moment. Like. It's also so banished and brute Mm -hmm. like it is just it is such a good idea that makes so much sense for the banished to have something like this i i when i first saw it i'm like this is so cool and it makes so much sense and it's Mm -hmm. it's really cool i love the house of reckoning i love the concept i love how he introduces it i love how he kind of talks about it throughout the um the encounters and stuff like that i mean I think it's just really cool, and it makes so much sense for the Banished to do something like this. Yeah. And you get treated, you know, you, you see the hologram, and then he goes away, and then you get treated to this arena, which, why is this not a multiplayer arena at this point? Like, we need this thing in multiplayer. It's so rad. Maybe it'll be Firefight or something. Yeah. I think it's, uh, you know, so I, lo- I love the, the design of this arena where it has... You know, a building in the middle and all this gear around and some turrets. And um, it, it it's just looks like a, a combat, a training area. I mean, it's, it's it's dead on to what it is. And there's plenty of space to um, to move around and run around and switch weapons and, and grab different things. Um, the, um, the objective says, let's see here, did I write it down? Survive basic training is your objective. And then you actually do, he gives you a little bit to go find some weapons and uh, gear up. And then there is a, a horn that goes off and um, you're treated with, I think it's three different waves of Banished. You um, mean yeah. the horn that they ripped from Star Wars? <laughs> yeah, it does sound like a Star Wars. <laughs> totally yeah. David, do you want to talk about just a little bit, your, like your thoughts on this initial encounter, the, the basic training? I think it's cool. I, I like the way it does kind of... It is firefighty, which is grand, and it's it's basic enough, but I like it. It's a well-designed area. It's fun. Um, you get fight like a lot of grunts and jackals and stuff, and maybe one or a couple of brutes in the last wave. But I like that it steps it up, and then there's another area which builds on that, which is kind of cool. So, mm-hmm. no, I like it. I think it's pretty cool. I think it's really well well done, well, well laid out. 
Yeah, this first area isn't too difficult, but you also know, well, I guess once you enter the next area, you're like, oh, okay, this is probably going to get harder. Yeah. So there's, there's a uh, ramp here. Yeah, there's a ramp. And that the next one is called the advanced training. Um, any thoughts on this initial encounter, Krista? No, I, I think it's a lot of fun to play. I think it's very fulfilling. Like, just going up this tower in general is just such a cool mission. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think it's, like, it's fun to play but boring to talk about. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, sure. it's, a, it's just... It's one of those things that doesn't have a lot of lore implications. Yeah. It's just... I thought banished. Correct. In a cool place. And this In guy a cool keeps talking shit while I do it. Dude, he's the like greatest shit talker mm-hmm. of our generation. <laughs> he really is. Um, what does he say here at the very end? You get a hologram. He says, You're created. The false god, Cortana, destroyed my world, my home. But she could not kill the fire that burns in the heart of the banished. It makes us stronger. Except for then he starts, you know, having an asthma attack. Can you say the same, he says. And then we go up. I thought that was cool speech, too. Yeah, I do feel like towards the end of this, like his, you know, I think earlier in the game in general, you know, we heard a lot of him spouting and talking shit, and it got to be a little old. And then I think towards the the last couple missions, we haven't really, you know, heard it too much. It hasn't been as in your face. So, so coming back to it again, it doesn't feel like it's too heavy handed, but, but the fact that it's, so pervasive in the entire mission towards the end i'm like okay all right i get it you know like he's he just keeps beating that same drum you know and i love the voice actor and the general tone of it but it does get a little old towards the end it is nice that these speeches feel a lot more personal like Mm -hmm. a lot of the speeches were just kind of generally like generally talking to master chief but now it's very pointed Mm -hmm. you know thoughts and and, you know, uh, just talking about the stuff that we know now, that would have been spoilers if they yeah. would have said something earlier. <laughs> and Chief, Chief also seems to kind of understand them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's there's a very interesting dynamic yeah. between them between uh, during the entire level, actually. It's yeah. really interesting kind of how it plays out. Well, and that's highlighted right here with the weapon asking, um, or talking to Chief about... You know, why is he telling you this? And he says, Chief says, death changes you. It forces you to make a choice. And mm. she says, and what did he choose? And he said, the same as I would, fight. You know, and that's... Well, and also this kind of harkens back to the entire, like, thing that Cortana's kind of been saying in her ghost voice. Like, if you knew how you were going to die, mm-hmm. how would you live your life differently? Mm-hmm. It, it kind of, it, it kind of helps carry that theme along, but through Chief's perspective. Right. So we go up the elevator, and then we get another hologram. And then he talks about the siege of Palganar. Palganar? Yeah, Palganar. So he talks about one settlement held out against his forces, the banished forces, for 19 days. He says they fought well, but in the end, uh, their fate was sealed from the start. So he, they knew they were going to win. They, were, you know, they, they held out as long as they, they could. Which is, that, I thought that was a cool story. Again, to your point, Krista, is like he personalizes a lot of this stuff in this mission. Um, I think you learn a lot more about Eshram mm-hmm. just in this mission than any other time. Yep. Yeah, and so this is advanced training now, and I don't. It doesn't say survive uh, advanced. It just says complete basic training in the. Uh, in, in the objectives and this section is where you have that easter egg 
where in the initial kind of office area, before you go out into the combat zone, there is one red button. So you push that one red button, and then you go out, and then um, on the top of the building, you just grapple up there. There's another red button to hit, and so slap that sucker, and then uh, there's like this, it almost looks like a monorail track, um, just a little bit further uh, into the room, so you can grapple over there, and there's another red button, kind of high up. It's a little pain to get to, but click that that button, and then what happens you get a rocket hog. What? I have no idea. Oh, oh a rocket hog. Shit. Oh, okay, cool. But here's the thing. How useful is a rocket hog when you can only play single player? Not at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was an interesting choice. I, I, I obviously love the, the Easter egg, but giving you a rocket hog, I don't know where they thought that would be super useful, especially within this encounter, because you have obviously a lot of enemies you have a bunch of skewer brutes here you have a bunch of jackal snipers you have the hunters to deal with and if you just stay stationary and try to use that rocket hog you get you get blown up pretty quick um like like you said krista with one player it's not super useful with another person maybe but oh not 100%, so much. i mean yeah. you probably just drive around a little bit here and there but you gotta you gotta drive, then switch, and then shoot, and then drive, and then switch, and then shoot. It's just not very efficient. So I tried using it and, and didn't have a ton of luck using it at all. But I guess you know it's it's neat that it's there. They couldn't really drop a scorpion in for you. I don't know what else they would drop in to make it super handy. But a ghost. I appreciate it. A ghost Man, there's like it's like a million special weapons they gotta dropped in in Halo on this stage. We well, already have so many other things. There, there, a lot of those are strewn about. No special specialer weapons. You know, <laughs> right. Super special weapons. That's a good point. Super special weapons. Yeah, maybe like a, a, a gun goose would have been interesting. Like I could have seen myself oh, that would have been around fun. trying to fire that sucker. But anyway. Any thoughts on this advanced training, David? Uh, it's an absolute fucker on Legendary. Um, <laughs> that's That's my thoughts on it. <laughs> that's it? <laughs> Just, that's that's it. It's, it's cool. It's it. It's another cool fighting arena. It's got a pelican in it, which I like, and it's kind of dope. It's got a good layout. There's a special Hydra, I think, in here as well, the kind of upgraded version. Uh, it's kicking around in here, so you can kind of pick that up. But uh, no, it's it's good. It's good. I like it. Krista? Uh, I like the Punchy Boys. Like, there's a round of Punchy yeah. Boys, and Punchy Boys are great because you just stand on a crate. <laughs> they just look at you. <laughs> It's my favorite thing ever. You're just like, hello, I've outsmarted you. They throw some grenades, but it's still just like, hi. I ended up going, going on top of the building for a little while and just trying to snipe people until I ran out of ammo. And then to your point about the punchy boys, the the berserkers, they just they come and they just stand right next to the building because they have nowhere else to go. And you can just shoot them in the cranium until they die. It's great. Mm -hmm. I love them. But being up there on top of the building also is a is a hazard for the hunters because they'll just they'll wreck you up there. You know, oh, you can, you can, God, the hunters are the worst. Yeah, you can pop out, and, and I'm sure people can do it. But uh, I was having a tough time. I was like chucking all my grenades, and I ran out of ammo. And then they would see me, and they would just you know throw everything that they had right at me. And so I had to, to move and you know take a different approach. But I was able to to get them down. Once you get rid of them, then everybody else is. It's fairly easy to clean up, but the, the skewer brutes are a little bit of a pain because they do uh, they do hurt you with those things. 
but yeah, this one, is this the one with the pelican? Yeah, it has a pelican off on the side, which is neat. Um, so yeah, overall, both these two, basic combat and advanced training, are, are cool arenas, and I can't wait until we, they give us something else. Maybe something in Forge, something else in multiplayer, something else with, uh, with this layout will be fun. All right. So now we go up the elevator again. Do we get another hologram? I think we do here. Uh, okay, so then Eshram says, This world looping, repeating forever. Is it a symbol of life or a cruel joke by the forerunners? Uh, and then he goes away, and then what does he say? Oh, he says, um, let's see here. He goes up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we go up. He talks about the infinity yeah, then. Yeah, I think we cool. go up, and then he talks about the infinity. Yeah, you do, you do. Yeah, we go up the, the next elevator, and then he pops out, because this is the third area. This is our, our um, I don't know, surprise area. He says, you were there when we struck the infinity... The first dreadnought came from the side. In the chaos that followed, you hardly had time to notice the other three bear down upon you. Do you know how long it took us to neutralize your greatest ship? Four minutes. In four minutes, the Infinity, mankind's finest achievement, became a memory. Then he laughs. That was dope. Like That's the dopest bit of his speech. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh man. Like putting it into context. You're like, oh shit. That was cool. Yeah, and I remember a lot of people talking, a lot of like lore people talking about how the Banished weren't big enough, I guess, or weren't powerful enough to be a giant threat at this stage of, or maybe it was a little bit earlier in the stage of, of uh, kind of the Halo timeline. But, you know, over the course of the last, I don't know, handful of years since the Covenant's been gone, they've become real powerful you know, powerful enough to deal with Cortana, um, powerful enough to, um, you know, take up home on this ring, and powerful enough to take out that infinity real quick. So it does show you that uh, we still have a lot of work to do from the, the UNSC side, even if, you know, everything for the rest of the game goes our way. There's lots more to deal with. Um... Krista, do you want to talk about this third encounter, this surprise encounter? Oh, it's so much fun. I love this one. I love how it's set up. So okay, I'll just say so... one thing is uh, from gear up, right? So gear up before this thing because if you're not well geared, if you don't have the right weapons, this, does become, this encounter does become a little bit more difficult. So I went and grabbed a BR, a rocket launcher, and then I did bring up a turret with me for this encounter. All right, you went heavy. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so it's basically just this big, like, bunker-looking building. And as you get close to it, it starts playing, like, the pilot's message, but it's obviously very distorted. Mm -hmm. It's creepy. Super freaking creepy. Um, <laughs> it just sings Mary Had a Little Lamb quite a bit. <laughs> it's, I don't like it. Kids singing should... Kids shouldn't sing. They just shouldn't. Um, <laughs> so... You can explore the room. There's a lot of cool things to look at. There's a lot about weapons, stuff like that. So, like Colin said, go ahead, gear up, take a look at everything. The encounter begins when you touch the puck. So if you wish to hang out in the room, you can hang out as long as you want. Once you pick up that puck, 
it begins and it's so beautiful it's so much fun <laughs> the all of the doors exiting the building shut and Jaga's like hey it's time it's Jaga time I know you've been wanting to do this the whole time and the Jaga encounter is really interesting so he can go camo but like disappear like completely right. So it's a dark room. He disappears completely, like despawns, then can respawn like right behind you. So it you actively feel like you're being hunted in this encounter. It is very cool. It's exactly what we were thinking for Jaga. At least I was. Um, I think Jaga's super cool. I wish he got more screen time, but yeah, no, it's a, it's a cool encounter. There's definitely a lot of different strats you can do. Yeah, I know the coil do. strats, one of them. I'm not sure either of you guys have done yep, that. Coil str- I tried the coil strat. It did, didn't work perfectly for me, but I was still able to be, take a big chunk out of them. Yeah, it didn't work for me. I was, I'm was i still here on Legendary. I haven't gone back <laughs> in a long time. So I'm just oh. like, fuck you, Jacob. Oh, boy. Do you want to explain it real quick, so, Krista? Yeah. <clears throat> Krista, yeah, Krista, go ahead. Okay, yeah, so Jacob always spawns in the exact same space, place um, in this encounter. Like, he, there's a little cutscene where he ignites both of his super cool red energy swords and then starts running towards you. So what people have started to do is the place that he spawns, they've just been stacking coils, like any kind of fusion coils you could find, and then just exploding him and killing him instantly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you have to go stack it's hilarious. before you do the puck. You can kind of run around. Yes, yes. You it's a, you have to set up. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he moves too quickly, and you can't you can't really pull it off. I mean, you can you can do damage to him using the coils. That's why they're there. But um, doing the stack is, uh, takes a little setup, takes a little time. I so when I do this encounter, I throw down a sensor threat sensor. And then I just kind of pace back and forth, because you can hear when he decloaks and starts running towards you. Mm-hmm. So the moment I hear that, I grapple to the other side of the room, and as he's running towards me, I just spray him. And when he gets close, I grapple to the other side of the room and just wait for him to come. It, once he despawns, I just start running back and forth, pacing a little bit. I usually refresh the um, threat sensor, and then just do it all over again. It's real easy. <laughs> it's a real easy one. Does he back off like at a certain time, at a certain damage, or did you get a sense for that? I think it's a timed thing. Yeah. I, I think he's up for so long and then disappears. Because if you don't do damage to him and you just dodge, he'll still disappear. Yeah. Yeah, it might be timed. And he will, I mean, he's pretty fierce. If you don't do any damage to him or you just sit there and take it, he'll just, he'll slice and dice you. Oh, he, he, like, you don't want him to get too close to you. He is brutal, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. David, talk about your fun frustration. <laughs> no. No, I'm not talking about it. <laughs> David, David's having a tough time. Yeah, I came in with bad weapons, and yeah, I don't have a save point, and I'm like, fuck this. So I've tried stacking a few times, and it just, it just hasn't worked. Um... He's either dodged it or just like not taking enough damage or I get caught in the explosion or something or other. Um, so it's just not being a good time for me. So I played it a ton of times on Legendary. Haven't got past it. Just packed it in. And I just haven't gone back. Oh, really? Be honest with you. Yeah, I need to. Because, you know, have to finish on Legendary. But I haven't. Who knows? Who knows when I'll happen? Well, the, the, 
the sad part is you finish this encounter and go straight into the next encounter. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's harder or easier, but um, I don't know. Have you done that in Legendary Crystal yet? No, I haven't, yeah, not yet. Yeah, I'm doing Heroic currently in this Mission Debrief playthrough. Yeah, same. I need, to, I need to dust that off. Once we're done through the series, then I'll start chipping away at it. But I, I've heard that Legendary is manageable in Infinite, I think just because you have so many tools. It's totally fine in, like, all of the areas. It's just the boss fights. Like, Tremonius kicked my ass for so long. Mm, like, it's sure. just where you get cornered in boss fights. It's yeah. where you lose it. That makes sense. It's actually incredibly fun in the open world on Legendary. I think it's one of the better games on Legendary. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Like, the the encounters are probably more challenging, but, like, in a fun yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, I, I'm pretty happy with the, the Jega encounter as well. I think it's neat. I think, you know, it's nice that it's, it's, you know, very fitting for who he is and his personality. And it's like a little bit of a trap that you walk into that you know is, is a trap. Um, and, and Eshram is giving Jega a chance to kill you, which I think is pretty pretty cool. Very, very banished. Um, I think he says it specifically. He's like, all right, here you go. Go have some fun. Something of that nature. Uh, where is it? Oh yeah, right when, before you walk in, he says the end approaches, but first, a last surprise. And then, um, I think when he kills you, he says, well, he says he wanted to kill your friend, but I promised him a sweeter kill or a warrior's death. Okay, so that's beforehand. Uh, whatever the outcome. No, he says that when you kill him. As oh, you leave. that's right. Okay, yeah, yeah. All right, so let's move on. So we'll go up to the final encounter. The final encounter is Eshram. Uh, he does talk to what? us one more time. And he says, whatever the outcome, know this. The Banished control the ring. We came for war. A thousand legions occupy this world. The auditorium will give up its secrets. The interference is just an irritation. Your interference is just an irritation. Fleeting. So he's just talking shit to the end. Um. It's interesting, we'll cover off on the audio logs at the end, but a lot of the audio logs are kind of more or less the same. It's like, we're here, we're strong, we're the banished, you know, we're not going anywhere. Take, take, if I die, you know, there'll be more to replace me. Um, you know, we're not going anywhere. So he's just constantly, you know, cheering on the troops, trying to keep the banished going through his, I don't know, his will, his rhetoric. All right, so let's go up the elevator here, and we do see two Atriox holograms, which I thought was neat, and this big old uh, room, and in the distance you can see the pilot, finally. Turns out, yep, he is uh, being tortured, if you forgot. He's uh, in that same setup as, um, oh, his name Griffith. Is, yeah, Griffith, thank you. Yep, same setup, being tortured in behind that orange wall thing. And you go up and you try to let him out, and you cannot let him out because Eshram wants to fight. Uh, hell yeah. yeah. David, do you want to talk about the cutscene? Yeah, the cutscene is pretty slick. Um, I really like, well, there's a small little cutscene in the Jago one we kind of skipped over, but the Jago intro was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. His cut, mm -hmm. his cutscene of just like his little intro, like stealthily, you can't even see it because it's like the perfect camo in this game. Um, it's pretty cool. It it is actually pretty pretty damn cool. The 
one for this one is you step up, you push the button, the pilot is in like the orange bubble. It's like micro gravity wells is yeah. how the weapon describes it. Mm-hmm. Putting pressure on him. And then Eshram kind of introduces himself and it's a big kind of reveal. But like Chief and she's like, Oh my god, he's here and Eshram's like, He knows I'm here. Because <laughs> it's not a trap, it's you know, a fight. Uh, like he's a big old fight promoter this whole time mm-hmm. just egging himself on egging people up uh, and then Chief is not too bothered at all because he obviously knew this was going to happen so he pretty much says this is it our battle ends here and then he kind of drops down he's all armoured up big old scrap cannon mm-hmm. and he says what is it he says um, our legends will live on or like will survive us or something he's kind of like cool paraphrase like yeah, our pr- stories, it's a really cool line. Yeah, our stories will become legend told by those that survive you. And then he just screams. And then that fight begins. He looks mm-hmm. dope. I like his armor. It's a cool intro. And obviously, we've been talking about it before. And we'll probably talk about it a little bit again when we get to like audio logs and stuff. How like the real Eshram is kind of different to like the face he puts forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like this is obviously him embracing the fact that I th- think he's like accepted his death. Like kind of Chief says, like, death changes you. You have to accept it and kind of... And this is him accepting that he might die in this fight, which I think is pretty cool. He's yeah. putting on a brave face, but I think it is cool that, like, he's obviously weakened, he's sick, he's not well, and he's going to fight Chief. And he's just telling himself that he can do this, more so to make it happen. Um, I, I really love it. I think it's cool. Yeah, it's... And the fight if, begins. If you listen to the audio logs, too, I mean, he kind of knows he's going to die, even though he doesn't... Yeah, yeah, it. that's always the impression I got. Right. Well, and you know, for a brute, it is much better to die in battle than to die slowly of sickness. So this makes yeah. total sense why he's been egging the Master Chief on this entire time. Yeah, that's a good point. And then he, I like his uh, armor and his scrap can. He kind of looks like a choo-choo train, and that's kind of how the fight is. Like He's just constantly walking towards you, um, and you are just constantly running around. This is the only time that I switched to the thruster the entire, at least my first playthrough. Is I felt like that that came in handy. The grapple shot obviously helps quite a bit as well. Just getting away from him as he just trudges towards you. Um, but it's it's similar almost to the what was the fight in the House of Pain uh, or not the House of Pain? Um, yeah, it's pretty much the, the same tower. fight as you fought with Griffin. Yeah, because it's it's the House of Pain. It's where he was torturing prisoners. Yep. It's pretty yeah. much identical to that, except for the extra mechanic of his shield. What did you think of the, the shield mechanic? I wasn't impressed with it. I, I thought it was kind of pointless. Hmm. Kristen, um, did you like it? I don't know. Um, Eshram is a huge bullet sponge, and the shield mechanic doesn't help cover that very well. Okay. I, I think it's interesting. I like how it, like, oh, it transfers the pain onto the pilot and yada, 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 and you have to quickly try to get the coils down and stuff like that. I mean, it's not bad. It's also nice to kind of know what phase of the fight you're in. Yeah. It's nice to have those coils to just kind of, because he's such a big bullet sponge, to just kind of have sections. Like, oh, I'm on the second coil. I'm on the third coil. You know, I'm almost at the end. I got all the coils. So it's nice. It's almost like a like a time <laughs> like a time keeper yeah. really for the fight because the fight is it's Eshram walking very slowly towards you and you just putting as many bullets into him as physically possible right. until it resets 
and then he has yeah a until he goes and recharges his shields and then you do it all over again now the last section he does pull out his hammer and start coming at you and it's a little different but the first three are just him walking towards you with the scrap can yeah, <laughs> yeah i um I actually didn't mind it. I think it switched it up enough. It's not revolutionary in terms of boss fight mechanics, but it, it, for me, it switched it up enough, and it was a familiar enough mechanic. Like, oh, okay, I know. At least I know how to defeat him. It wasn't some new thing that I had to figure out. Yeah, it, it wasn't frustrating in the terms of needing to uh, solve how to beat him. It was just frustrating in terms of being able to do enough damage in order to move on to the next stage, and then eventually, eventually take him down. So. So yeah, I mean, I I was okay. I, I am okay with with the Ashram fight overall. David, anything else you want to talk about before we do the do the cutscene? Uh, I like that they give you a ton of weapons and ammo around. That's, That's pretty true. cool. There's a rocket yeah. launcher here. They they really do set you up, uh, which I like because God knows what you'd have coming out of the last fight, especially because you're going from boss fight to boss fight with nothing in the middle. Uh, you have the new red blade, of course. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, red blade. I actually did I did pick that up and tried to use it, and like he just kills you. This yeah. like, no go away. Nuh-uh. Yeah. I used it fine. Oh, did. did you? No, he killed yeah, me every you time. Yeah, you, you grapple him, and as him. and because you grappled him, it automatically hits him with the sword, and then you just grapple away. Mm. Yeah, okay. There you go. You guys gotta use your brains. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I just kind of Tarzaned around this map. Yeah. Just, like, swinging around. It would be funny, though. Like, playing Chief with the grapple hook in first person feels fine right like it feels still feels like halo um even though you have this grapple hook to make you move around but if you if you saw that from third person view or just like watched a theater of you're just of playing him, the spider-man you're game you're just playing spider-man so i feel like it wouldn't yeah. feel very master chiefy right man i am swinging around all over the place um it's definitely when you have the bandana skull, it's infinite cooldown, so it's ready to use instantly. So you just right. spam it, man. You just can't. You do whatever you want. Like it's it's, it's awesome, <laughs> but it's also ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. All right, take us home. Take us home. So guess what happens? You win. You win the fight. You do. So you kill Ashram. You and, kill Monkey. <laughs> and the weapon is Chief. The turns like release, release the pilot, and then Ashram is kind of stumbling. Uh, kind of round and he's kind of like Spartan you know fight me and John is just like it's over do you know what I mean calm down and uh, he just kind of collapses into his arms which I thought was kind of weird and then he's like nothing nothing ends my death will inspire a thousand others um which it might or might not like I think this is his own belief that like his own troops care about him that much mm-hmm. um and he's then he just goes tell them I died well which ties and back I to like it yeah it's a right. Yeah, it's, it's a weird moment. Fight hard. I like it. Um, I, I feel like it kind of... Because this is Master... Well, at least Ashram saw them as, like, close rivals, right? Like, this is my challenge. This is my rival. This is the person who... It's either me or him. So, and I can... I think Chief, through this cutscene, kind of also acknowledges that as well. Like, he understands what's going on. It's just another soldier dying yeah with another one it's it's it felt a little bit jarring though because it's it almost kind of feels like it came out of nowhere i feel like there could there should have been more of ashram and chief i think interacting with each other before we got to know we respect each other because i mean because the pilot reflects probably what most gamers are like 
of, in terms of, like, I don't understand. You, you showed him respect. He was a monster. So, like, he was exceptionally brutal to, towards humans. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So, it does feel a little bit weird, I think, uh, Chief's response here. But again, Chief, def- Chief is not a shit talking nice. person, you know. Yeah, it, it's definitely nice because this is one of the big bads in Halo that's also that's just been a fellow warrior. Yeah, like, that's it's true. not a giant tentacle monster. It's not weird old men in wheelchairs. It's not the flood. You know, this is just warrior to warrior. This is just another soldier. Mm-hmm. True, true. Yeah, I think and and Chief has. You know, in other games, when Chief isn't the protagonist, you could almost, you would get more banter back and forth, but Chief doesn't talk shit back. That's just not in his nature, really. You know, he'll do one-liners here and there, but he's just been absorbing all of this abuse, verbal abuse from Eshram. I think, and he's knows, she's smart enough to know that he's, it's all just rhetoric. It's all just lip flapping, right? He's trying yeah, to build himself up. And, he, and Chief has never been intimidated. He knows what he's trying to do the entire time. And then it finally gets to the point where he he says it earlier in this mission. He says, you know what? He's just going to fight because that's what I would do, right? And then at the end here, he talks about him just being a soldier, right? Yeah, still a coward hiding behind, you know, Echo 216. That's yeah. what kind of... It was a little bit of odd odds with him. I mean, it was the only way way Chief was going to go there. Like, Chief's not going to just go fight someone to fight someone, right? There has to be a reason. I I mean the whole uh, crappy shield thing. You can't hit me because you'll hurt your friend kind of thing. Gotcha. I'm like, dude, just fight him, you know? (laughs) That's a good point. That mechanic almost makes it... Look, he has asthma. That was his crutch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. So in Halo, we fight tentacle monsters, men in wheelchairs, and kids with asthma. (laughs) (laughs) I did think it it was definitely a choice by 343, and they've been making this choice the last couple games. I guess maybe since they've had, you know, I've heard people complain, you know, the people that want the old Bungie games, the old Halo back. Where it's a little more brutal, a little bit more dark, and what and whatnot. Like we just murdered this guy. We threw how many million bullets into this dude, and he's stumbling around and he's not bleeding at all. Like his face is fine. There's nothing gushing. Like his, you know, like they could have made the, him stumbling around bleeding. You know, with a huge gash in his face. Like they they chose not to do that. Did that strike you guys as odd at all? I didn't really notice it, to be honest. I never expected well, Halo to not be mature super anymore. gory. Halo's teen, yeah. you know what I mean? So the the rating of it's changed, so the context of some of the things are going to change. I mean, sure, it's violent, but, like, it's pinks and purples, you know, splashing around. It's not bloody. It's not gory. Mm-hmm. You know, when it when it technically kind of should be, you know, those energy blades should be chopping people in half. Like, right. they're lightsabers, do you know what I mean? They're, right. They're should. But Halo's never been like that. Yeah, well, yeah. They're a little earlier. I mean, it's been flood. grittier, but it's never been gory. Yeah, the flood are kind of the most graphic, I think, that we have, and it is it is a little bit more brutal when you get to like the other mediums. It's just the games that aren't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Anyway, I, I, it struck me as a little weird that they didn't at least show him bleeding in some way, but maybe they're just protecting that that T rating and trying to make sure as many people can play it as possible. 
Anyway, anything else to mention on this last? I guess the pilot does have a little one-lighter at the end, which I, I kind of was. A, it was an eye roller for me. Did you guys like his little joke at the end? Has anyone seen a pelican? Yes, it's whatever. It was whatever. I don't know. I wasn't expecting I really... it. I didn't really like. Do you know when you're the moment, the heavy moment that just happened, and you just rescued him, and you're just telling him, "No, we're going after the harbinger. That's worse." And then he's like, "Okay." Just tell me one thing. You've seen a pelican? <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. It felt flat for me. I didn't like it. Yeah. Felt a little forced, but it is what it is. Um, yeah. That's that's the house. How are we feeling about it? How should we rate? Well, let's rate it. And then we got some audio logs and some other things to talk about. Let's do a quick rating. Krista? You're fan. Nine. I love this mission. Did you say nine? Nine, yeah. David? Eight. Fuck you, Jaga. Hey, <laughs> you can't take off points just because you played it on Legendary. Uh, it, it's a it's a great mission. Um, I do like all most of Eshram's, like, his banter here is, is, is better because it's, it's more, like Chris said, like it's more personal, it's more directed on specific things, um, which are interesting. You know, like, the stuff you learn from this mission is really good, so I like the lore in it. Uh, again, I wish Jacob was a bigger character, more screen time. That fight would have been better, like a better build. I think should have been put there. That's generally speaking to like um the hand of Atriox felt like a lot of bollocks in this game didn't really come across. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I guess it is probably one of the high, higher higher missions because I, I do love the combat arenas. I like the idea of what they are. The lore behind them is really cool, and you know the setup for the road is kind of cool as well. Like coming into this mission, this area, you're coming here to rescue your friend. Um, no, I like it. I get. I I would give it a nine. I give it pretty high. You're going up. Yeah. No. Hey. Fuck you, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll give it a nine then. I, I'm. I'm okay. Hell yeah. I, I'm trying to think like why would I knock it down? Because it is a pretty rad mission. Uh... Is Eshram a Twitch streamer? What? Oh. <laughs> He's live streaming like all the time. It's true. Is he a Twitch streamer? Yeah. I need He's to know. He's a modern man. Modern gamer. My god. <laughs> That's funny. Alright, let's do that. Nines, eight, nine. Oh, this is one of the higher missions then for us. I like that. Of course. We'll see how it shapes up to the next one. The Silent Auditorium. We've got a couple things to talk Shh. about before then. There is no skull, but we do have some audio logs. We have the prisoner, number seven... Poor Lucas Browning. Uh, one there, and then we have two Eshram's testimony. So let's play the prisoner number seven for you now. Those they could not control. 
humanity was the culmination of their final plan. The plans change. We are returning. Alright, uh, that was definitely an audio log. <laughs> yep. Um... I'm pretty sure those are the winning lotto numbers, so be sure to uh, write down write down those numbers and uh, use them next time you play. So Lucas is just saying his numbers, I guess probably his call sign or something like that. And then the Harbinger is like, ha, <laughs> fuck it sucks to suck loser. <laughs> um, she talks about the Forerunners, how kind of humanity and the Endless are a little bit similar, except... Humanity got to, you know, continue on after the Halos fi fired and, you know, the Endless were put in timeout for eternity. So, uh, yep. <laughs> she talks about that and then she talks about, oh, we're, we're coming back though, baby. Look out for Halo Infinite 2, even more infinite. <laughs> Halo Endless. Halo Endless, perfect. The, the call signs is, I think it's a call, it's a throwback to CE when, or I guess it Keys. was the re, the anniversary version, where is that, the cutscene where Keys is going insane with the flood overtaking him and he's trying to say his numbers. I think it's similar, similar to that, which is cool. I thought that was neat. It took me a while to figure that out. I actually did look it up before this to be completely honest. <laughs> I didn't pick up on that. <laughs> um, but it's neat. It's cool. Poor Lucas Browning. David, any thoughts? Poor Lucas Browning. Uh, I don't know. Again, it's kind of weird. I don't understand who's recording these, but whatever. Um, That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. uh, of, it, I like it, but she says, like, I, I'd like to understand what she did. Like, what was the purpose of whatever she did with this guy? I, I'd like to know if there was more to like it. Exactly what she did, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. She says, do you see why it must be done? These primitives, these banished. So, obviously, she's doing something that's against them i don't know anyway uh it's okay yeah i think these maybe maybe this is one of the things you know a criticism i guess we've talked about a lot of these audio logs we want to see the visual and if we saw this at in a visual then it probably would hit better because to your point you're like how is he recording this why are we hearing this all this sort of stuff but if we if it was just a cutscene or something then it would make a little bit more sense or if it was a short story included in a short story but the fact that it's it's a recorded audio clip just it it's a, it's a little odd so it's like the writers doing writing good things writing interesting things but it was just the way that they decided to capture that media like in some instances it does make sense like with all the audio logs you find all across the um the ring like, a lot of the times, those do make sense, but this one specifically, not so much. Uh, okay, let's talk about, well, let's listen. Let's listen. The final two entries, Eshram's Testimony, 8 and 9. Fight, my banished brother. 
Okay, so these two are kind of more or less the same. Um, I like it in terms of like, obviously Eshram's Testimony are probably the, the most interesting banish logs. I haven't been the biggest fan of the banish logs in this game, but the Eshram's ones are, are kind of cool because you can, you can extrapolate some of his personality from it and his condition and his mindset, which is really interesting. So I like to see the um, the split between his, the propaganda he face he puts forward for his troops and his inner thoughts. Um, so these are kind of cool where it's like in both of them he talks about dying and losing and, and, and the other ones that he's promoting to others is like it's without a doubt he's going to win this is crushed no one cares about Chief you're a minor insignificance you're a little bump in the road no one really cares but in inside he's like oh man I'm fucked do you know what I mean <laughs> so I like these two they don't give you much other than that kind of flavour um, and talking up John of like he's just human he's flesh under that armour all that kind of stuff so I think it's cool uh, I do think it's cool. Yeah, I um, it, it it is interesting because in some cases it's Eshram's testimony in the the last one, the la- the ninth one, he is talking to himself and it's like his personal journal. Whereas in the eighth one, it's like I hope somebody finds this. <laughs> so, and it's all, yeah, it, it's interesting that it's called Legacy. Even the one before is called Victory. So he's kind of recording it, kind of like after I die, listen to this one. Right, exactly. This is the yeah. one that you take. And play for people so i don't know there's, there's a little bit of a disconnect here i mean again i know what they're trying to do but um the the difference in, in the two the tone of the two especially if it is supposed to be you know is it supposed to be his personal diary or is it supposed to be found you know audio clips left behind on purpose for the banish to find could be both could yeah. be both i guess i don't know any other thoughts, Krista? Uh, big monkey go bird. <laughs> is he... Is he Master Craig? Ooh. He's like Super Craig? Super Craig. Super Craig. I like that. Because Craig's out, you know, you know, touring with his band. So. <laughs> he is. He's got gigs, man. He's busy. <laughs> Eshram would have a good voice, though. 
thing. Like a death metal band. He'd be a good screamo. Yeah. <laughs> what do you know with his asthma? I don't know. Like some Pantera. Just, let's go, baby. He needs to get the asthma treated before anything. All right. We... He needs a nebulizer. Yeah, right. All right, we got a community question. We'll get out of here. We have one main mission left, and then we'll recap it for you. Let's hear what our community had to say. All right, Krista, what did Discord have to say? Hello. You're headed to Vegas with your crew and have one spot left in the vehicle. Who would you invite to take the last spot? Eshram or Jaga? Question for Mission Debrief. Halo Infinite. House of Reckoning episode. What? Are you on crack, Colin? <laughs> I'm just, you know, trying to diversify it's like, um, questions. It's like, what, um, God, it's that one movie where the potheads go to White Castle. Oh, yeah. It's like that. That dude, Where's, uh, where's My Car? Is it that one? Here's a different one. <laughs> no, it ha- I think it has Keanu Reeves on it. I think that's, oh, okay, anyway. <laughs> it's like Harold and Kumar's yeah, adventure or something. Yeah. <laughs> That that's what it is. Okay, Matt says Eshram because when he dies of old age, we can reenact Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> uh, organized Crime says Jaga because brutes smell really bad, and I can only imagine this that smell ages like a glass of milk in the Texas summer. So Eshram probably smells like the Gravemind's gooch. Damn, I wouldn't want to smell that. Uh, Toki McPot says, uh, nice of you to assume I have other friends to make a crew. So Eshram, I bet he's a great drunk and we'd get in all the sorts of shenanigans. He's totally strong enough to flip the roulette table too. Yeah. Jedi Spartan 38 says Jaga because he'd likely use his camo to sneak into the vehicle even if he wasn't invited. Plus, Eshram would probably be strong enough to break the vehicle when he got into the seat anyway. <laughs> Um, Postman Pat says I can't fit any more people in my van Too many kids I mean letters to deliver The only other parts of my crew is my cat And Jess's corpse Because I shot him Who's Jess? Jess is the cat Oh yeah it's the cat (laughs) Jess is the cat and Postman Pat Oh Comet says uh, Jaga Because Eshram would probably get mad And flip the RV when he turns to drive yeah, I don't think Eshram would be a very good driver. Um, Sokalel says Jaga, if we run out of food, he can go hunt for us. Um, and that's about it. Jaga. So there we go. We're going on a road trip with either, you know, emo or stinky. <laughs> okay. All right, Facebook. That's choice. Your turn. Facebook. You were headed to Vegas. Oh, sorry. Colin Perkins, admin, June 15th at 1.56pm. <laughs> That's right, I remember how to do this. Um, you're headed to Vegas with your crew and have one spot left in the vehicle. Who do you invite to take the last spot? Eshram or Jaga? Question Mission Debrief. Halo Infinite House of Reckoning. Episode Picture of a Van in the Desert. Okay, we have a few responses here from the guys. Logan says, Jaga could get into some serious trouble in Vegas without invisibility. Ooh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. John T says, Jaga couldn't be dealing with Eshram shouting about everything all the time. Literally every single sentence. J 
Jimmy John, Estron, because he'll like a big teddy bear to cry on when I inevitably gamble away my life savings. <laughs> Jacob, for sure, from Simon. Uh, his stealth will get us into some wild Ocean 12 shenanigans. That's good. Nathan, Eshram, I'll probably die of asthma attack before you get there, so you'll have life insurance to collect and spend it all on your trip. In his memory, of course. It's very dark, Nathan. Uh, Jaga, his amazing active camo will be useful to spy on other people's hands in poker. I like where people's brains are at with this, this stealth. You're right. Um, Ray says, Eshram, we all listen to podcasts, and I'll think of a live podcast with straight shitting on humanity and chief. Uh, Connor says, Jaga would rather rather a quiet passenger than then live with the risk of being hit up the back of the head by one of Eshram's lungs. <laughs> Jager, <laughs> Dickie says, Jager would uh, he would shut his damn mouth, plus I feel like he'd be a dope road trip DJ. Uh, MS would probably death metal like Shadow of Intent. That's pretty cool. Uh, Lucas says, Eshram, that grumpy war vet from Vietnam that always keeps talking about how good, how good the Marine Corps used to be. <laughs> If you handed him an M16, he could still put a hole in someone at 300 meters. And then he says, Jega, he's an old war ref from Desert Storm who's got a prosthetic. He kind of just sits in the corner and grumbles to himself. He's, li- he's really gotten into knives lately. So he tries to use them in the most inopportune times, like when he's trying to get gas or when checking into a hotel. Gonna go with Eshram. Fuck with Lucas. Thank you very much. And then finally, Chris says, Eshram, I don't want Jega hitting, hitting on my woman. He's a robot and <laughs> probably goes like an Energizer bunny. Plus, Eshram knows all the best strip joints. There we go. <laughs> That's pretty good, guys. Thank you all very much. Yeah, thank you. I feel like we're pretty split. Yeah, a lot of Jagas in there, but uh, Facebook, yeah, it's actually pretty split between the two. Very nice. That'll do it for our debriefing of the House of Reckoning mission from Halo Infinite on the next episode. We'll be debriefing the final mission of Halo Infinite Silent Auditorium. Oh, my God. <gasps> Send us your thoughts at podcastevolved at gmail.com or drop us a tweet at podcastevolved on Twitter. You can also support the show by visiting Evolved on Patreon. For everything Evolved has to offer, visit evolvedhalo.com. Until next time, Evolved. 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 <laughs>